Bibles and turn to Luke chapter number 14. I'll go ahead and switch this over. All right, Luke chapter number 14. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach this evening. And uh, don't take it lightly and for the privilege and opportunity to do that. Luke chapter 14, it being the, for the next two months, this month and next month, our bus ministry uh, month, I want to bring this um, Thursday and next Thursday, bring to you two messages on the bus ministry and try to help get our minds around why do we have the bus ministry? What is it, what is it there for? Uh, what is it about? And today, I want to talk to you more about the um, key factors of the bus ministry. Maybe uh, we're going to talk a lot about the history of the bus ministry and kind of get it in our minds and kind of resell. Some things maybe you don't know, uh, some things, information that you might have went, oh, I didn't know that. And uh, our bus, the bus ministry goes back long time. <laughs> it goes back a long time. It's nothing new, uh, but it is something slowly getting forgotten, being forgotten. And so I want to help you with that this evening. We're going to take our scripture in Luke chapter number 14 in verse number 16. Luke chapter number 14 in verse number 16. We're going to read this parable. We'll pray and then you can be seated. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 16. Follow along as I read. The Bible says this, then said he unto him, a certain man had a great supper and bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that he bid, bidden uh, that that were bidden come for all things are now ready. Now, if you want to stop and kind of explain a little bit on the way, if you understand the supper, said so things are now ready. I think of it on a Sunday morning. We prepared, pastors prepared, singing's been prepared, the songs have been prepared, the bus routes have been prepared. Things are now ready. So think about it in that context as you read this verse here. And they were all with one consent began to make excuse. Oh, we hear that every Sunday, don't we? The first said unto him, <laughs> I have bought a piece of ground and must needs go and see it. Uh, I pray I pray thee had me excused. Another said, I have uh, bought five uh, yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, oh boy, I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Lazy man. I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Blame it on the wife why you can't be involved in the ministry. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Uh, therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to, his, said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges, listen to this word, and compel them to come in. Look, look at this last phrase, that my house may be filled. God's desire for Anchor Baptist Church is for his house to be filled. What do you think about that? God's desire for Anchor Baptist Church is for his house to be filled. For a Sunday to happen where there's not an empty seat in the auditorium, that's God's desire. For people to come to his house. He's prepared it. The Holy Spirit's ready to work in hearts. Holy Spirit's ready to change a life. The preaching, the message of God has been prepared, but there's empty seats. God wants his house filled. It's not God's job himself to fill the house. It's our job as his servants to go out and fill the house. God's given us many avenues to do that. The 
bus ministry being one of them. I want you to take that thought and take it personal in your mind and your heart as a Christian. As I myself take it personal that God's house might be filled. I want to talk to you this evening about the bus ministry and why do we have the bus ministry here at Anchor Baptist Church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, I pray that you bless this evening. God, please calm my heart, calm my mind, give me clarity of thought. God, I pray that you be with the message this evening. Help it to be an encouragement to people. Help to stir our hearts for your ministry that you've given us. It's not just a duty, dear God, it's a ministry. It's not just a, a, a pickup service. It's a ministry. God, I pray that you give us a heart for the bus ministry once again. God, help us to stop making excuses why we can't be involved in any ministry in our own local church that we love and we say we love. But God, help us to get involved in reaching and ministering to others, getting others in the house of God so your house may be filled. God, I pray that you bless this evening. God, thank you for this opportunity to preach. God, thank you for this place and our pastor, dear God, for 33 years that has stood behind this pulpit, dear God, and preached your word, stuck, stayed true to the King James Bible and standards and the bus ministry. God, I pray that you please help this evening. We love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter number 18 and verse number 14. I want you to turn there. Matthew chapter number 18. In verse number 14. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 14. That my house may be filled. God's desire. God's desire. That my house may be filled. You want to see God keep a ministry going, let's fill the house. Let's not fall off. Let's stay determined to do what God's desire is. And we'll talk about that here this evening. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 14. Look at this verse. Even so, it is not the will, is it not, even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Understand this when it comes to the bus ministry. It's not God's desire at all for nobody, but especially these little ones. You, you, you read in, in, in the Gospels and you see multiple times where Christ bade the little ones to come unto him and he taught them. He was all, even when he had a crowd of adults, he would, he would little ones, come, come, come sit down, let, let me talk to you. And sometimes even the disciples, no, 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 don't bother, don't bother our Savior. And he would stop and say, no, 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 don't, don't forbid them to come unto me. I don't tell them to stop, they, I, I need them, I want them. And the Bible multiple times uh, uh, gets into uh, multiple times where it talks about how you have to be like a little child to come into the kingdom of heaven. Talk about the faith of a child and God, God has a, a love. Listen to me, a love for a young person. Understand this, especially in our day and age, the younger we can reach them, the more likely they are to stay in church. I want you to understand that. Their, their, their mind, even at a young age, at even sometimes six, seven, eight years old, their mind is already so filthy with the things of the world. And the younger we can reach them, the more like, the more influence we can have on their life. God says here his desire, his will is not for any little ones to should perish. I want to read to you, and we're going to read. A, let me read a lengthy part, a portion of a book here. Written, uh, it was written by Luke Floods. He's a, a bus ministry director at North Valley Baptist Church. He wrote the book "Keep the Buses Rolling," and he, I want to give you a little bit of the history of the bus ministry. So just listen, uh, bear, bear with me, please, as I read here. But let's let's read through this, and I want you to understand the history of the bus ministry. See, we think, oh yeah, you know, for 30 years we've done it here. No, it's been done a lot longer than that. 
and uh, the history of the bus ministry. Let's read through this, and I want you to listen to this, and, and, and let's apply this to our thinking and our desire for the bus ministry. The bus ministry has been unargu- unarguable, the most impactful tool available to our churches w- within the past 60 to 70 years. No other ministry has seen more results in salvations, baptisms, and other decisions than the bus ministry has seen in its just relatively short time since its formalization. But, but, but have you ever wondered how the bus ministry first began? Easily, you can see the, the, see the principles and examples of the bus ministry in the Bible, references, uh, re- uh, referencing passages like bringing the lame men to Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verse number 18. First bus ministry right there. Bringing the lame man to Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verse 18 through 26. Uh, the Master's Supper, as we read here in Luke chapter 14, verse number 15 through 24, and in the early church in Acts. But where and when did it truly take form? The modern form of the bus ministry can trace its roots back as early as 1887. What do you think about that? 1887, when D.L. Moody would park horse-drawn, horse-drawn church wagons on the outskirts of Chicago, uh, and farmers who had horses would pull the church wagons and pick up other farmers and people who did not have transportation and bring them to the church services. They, they uh, would then pull the wagons back to their farms after church and leave the wagons parked there throughout the week until the next service. Churches began trying to reach people uh, that did not normally come to church because of the lack of transportation. In the 1920s, there is uh, documentation of a church in South Georgia running, uh, running a 1919 uh, Parkard, or sorry, Packard truck and another church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, running a 1928 Ford bus. And uh, if you've seen pictures of those, they're, they're something to look at. And uh, 1928 Ford bus and taking people to church. By April of 1948, the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, under Dr. Lee Robertson and bus director M.J. Parker, uh, had brought up to 1,200 people to church on, <laughs> on only 10 buses. Now do the math. And uh, back then it probably wasn't. <laughs> they didn't have all those regulations. But today's age, yes, it would be. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, um, proponents that pushed the bus ministry to the national avenue uh, of explosive growth was First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. First Baptist Church officially began its bus ministry in 1961. The bus ministry there grew uh, by several hundred every year. Dr. Jack Hiles wrote in his church manual that their bus, bus ministry had grown to over 1,500 by 1968. So only in seven years, it grew up to 1,500 in seven years. The First Baptist Church had record-breaking days within the next decade with 5,030 bus riders one Sunday during the fall of 1970 with a total of 11,348 people in Sunday school. I want you to think about these numbers. On December 16, 1973, they had 23,024 in Sunday school, with many being brought on their 204 buses. Now, not all of these were owned buses. Many of them were rented at the time. Just three years later, so, so, so 204 buses, 23,000, 
gained attendance on Sunday school. Just three years later, on May 16, 1976, uh, they had 26,706 in Sunday school. Again, many being brought in on the 437 buses that they ran that day. Went from 204 to 437 in just, four, in just three years. But the First Baptist Church was not the only church or even the only domin, uh, denomination running buses. Not just Baptist churches that started running buses, understand that. And uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. Running buses in the 1960s and 1970s. The Southern Baptist Convention had promoted church bus evangelism uh, with, with speakers uh, like uh, William A. Powell, James E., uh, I think it's pronounced Kogan, and uh, Gardner Gentry, endorsing the Southern Baptist churches to start bus, uh, bus ministries in their churches. Joy Baptist Evangelism became a structured program within the Church of Christ under Albert Hill and Carl Wade with hundreds of churches in their congregation beginning the new Joy Buses. Another uh, giant advocate in this ministry was Wally Beebe, who became affectionately known as Mr. Bus. Dr. Beebe uh, worked in the bus ministry for churches like Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia, under Jer Jerry Falwell. In the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, Dr. Jack Hiles, across, uh, across America, revival meetings were being held where Dr. Beebe uh, would preach and teach about the bus ministry. He also uh, he was also the editor in in chief of the bus uh, church bus news, which eventually was transferred to Dr. Jeff Fugate, pastor of Clay Mills Baptist Church, in 2022. The blooming bus ministry was not without critics, though. An article entitled "Visions <laughs> Visions of Bubblegum" in 1973, July and August edition of Faith for Fam uh, Faith for Family harshly criticized the promotional tactics of bus ministry giveaways. John R. Rice, uh, Dr. John R. Rice defended the bus ministry and the sword of the Lord, citing the largest bus ministries at the time to prove that the methods used were correct. Several of those churches include the following, the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, 137 buses. This was uh, back in 1973. 137 buses, Landmark Baptist Temple of Cincinnati, Ohio, 118 buses, Thomas Road Baptist Church of Lynchburg, Virginia, 78 buses, Gospel Light Baptist Church in North Carolina, 52 buses, uh, Beth Haven Baptist Church in Kentucky, 50 buses, Central Baptist in, in, uh, in California, 46 buses, Forest Hill in Georgia, uh, 45 buses, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Michigan, Pontiac, Michigan, 43 buses. Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 40 buses. Westside uh, Assembly of God in Davenport, Iowa, 24 buses. Haven, uh, Fairhaven Baptist in, in uh, Indiana, yeah, Indiana, 20 buses. Providence Baptist Church in Riverview, Florida, 15 buses. These churches were led such by, uh, by such men as Dr. Jack Hiles, Dr. Tom Malone, uh, uh, sorry, Dr. John W. Rawlings, Dr. Lee Robertson, Dr. Gerald Faulkner, Dr. Uh, Raymond Hancock, Dr. Bob, uh, Bobby Robertson, Dr. Uh, Harold uh, Henninger, uh, Dr. Jim Vineyard. Uh, uh, Dr. Jim Vineyard uh, also was a tremendous leader in the bus ministry by working directly with three of the churches listed above, Landmark Baptist Temple, Thomas Road Baptist Church, and First Baptist Church of Hamden, Indiana. 
by, by the time Jim Vineyard had left Thomas Road Baptist Church, where Jerry Falwell was the pastor, the church was averaging 78 buses weekly and a high days of over 2,000 riders in 1971. Also, while working at the, uh, with the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, the church ran an average of 187 buses in 1974. It would be nearly impossible to capture every important and impressive statistic regarding the bus ministry during uh, this dynamic time period. Since the late 1980s and early 1990s, we have, uh, we have witnessed a general shifting of emphasis away from the bus ministry and towards other outreach methods. However, I would like to remind every uh, reader of this article that there remains an undisputed, historical, pr historically proven fact that the bus ministry works. Even in this day, uh, you would, uh, sorry, even in this day, you would be hard pressed to find another ministry which sees as many salvations and baptisms decisions as the bus ministry produces. At North Valley Baptist Church, we have been able to bring. Uh, listen to this. We have been uh, able to bring been able to bring nearly 1.5 million riders to church through the bus ministry alone since our, found, our founding in 1975. The bus ministry is not without its faults, and every ministry of the church is important. But let's not forget and neglect spiritual and historical impact that the bus ministry has seen and is currently making in eternity. The bus ministry is one of the most used and most impactful ministries that a church has ever had. And by the way, I'm not just talking about Baptist churches. Back then, man, Church of Christ, a Church of God, a uh, 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 Southern, Southern Baptist Convention, they all had bus ministries. And you used to run buses everywhere. And, uh, and one of the best useful, now again, it's, it's not the tool that brings in the money. But it is the tool, listen to this, to evangelize, to reach the city and the neighborhoods that God has placed us in. Now you know the history of the bus ministry, the need for the bus ministry. God's heart has always been, listen to this, God's heart has always been for lost souls. When he was questioned in the New Testament why he came, he didn't say I came to feed people. He didn't say I came to clothe people. He didn't say that he had come uh, to help heal people. He didn't say he came to hold great services and great multitudes. He didn't say he came to, to teach people great singing and have concerts. He didn't say he came to any of those things, but he said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The need for the bus ministry. In our churches, listen to me, anchor, and, and I'm talking about from now for our future. In our churches, the need to, to, to the dynamics, let me say it this way, the dynamics and the push for one-on-one soul winning is slowly leaving our Baptist churches. Listen to what I'm saying. And one of the biggest uses in one-on-one -on -one soul winning has always been the bus ministry when it comes to ministries. Outside of door knocking, one-on-one, door-to-door soul winning has always been, and one of the most used uh, 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 ministries for soul winning has always been the bus ministry. I mean, week in and week out, it's the bus ministry. 
We might have another soul winning crowd. You might have five or six people show up to go out soul winning on a Thursday or on, on, on a Wednesday before church or whatever, whatever the ministry or other churches hold their extra soul winning time. But on Saturdays, when, when the bus ministry is being held, the most people come out and the more doors get knocked down on Saturday because of a bus ministry than any other ministry in a church. And we are slowly pushing out things. Now, now let me say this. Now, I'm not, this is not me trying to be mean, but this is just facts. We start adding on other ministries, like Feed the Homeless Ministry, which, by the way, I'm all for. I like to eat, and I'm sure they would like to also. Like a, a clothing ministry, let's, let's get clothes and donate them to people. But what happens in our churches, we start spreading out all these other ministries and we slowly stop giving the gospel. We slowly stop uh, uh, telling people about Christ. And it becomes more of an outreach, let people know who we are ministry, than it is the gospel ministry and what God always intended. And the bus, listen to me, the bus ministry is one of those ministries, there's no way around it. You're going soul winning if you're going on a bus route. But a food drive, that's easy to forget soul winning. And let's go out and help the community and do car washes for people and donate the money to someone. The gospel gets lost. And so if we're not careful, listen to me, the need for the bus ministry, if anything, is greater today than it has ever been. And we're slowly getting up. Reasons why? Our finances. A lot of people give up the bus ministry because it is a lot of maintenance. Hey, and who wouldn't like to show up on Sunday morning Dress for church and not pouring sweat by 9 a.m. You know, Mother's Day, we want to get Mother's Day pictures, right? Well, if we didn't have the bus ministry, we could have some really nice Mother's Day pictures. And if we didn't have the bus ministry, man, Easter Sunday could be a really nice Easter Sunday. And if we didn't have the bus ministry, we could show up to church and be wide awake and cheery as ever and, and, and all these things. And if it, we're not careful, we look at the bus ministry as more of a drag Amen. than it is a ministry. It's more of a, like you wake up on Monday morning, oh, time to go to work. That's what the bus ministry becomes. It becomes more of our duty than it does a ministry. Christ said himself, he come to seek and save that which was lost. And the entire goal of the bus ministry is exactly that. And the entire, listen to me, and the goal of every ministry ought to be that. Every ministry. Sunday school ministry. Lost people coming in ought to be told about the gospel in Sunday school. On the buses. Out soul winning. Every ministry that we have, it ought to be centered around the gospel. That is our, anything that we're reaching out is the gospel. Again, pastors all the time, we're not reaching out to teach the Bible. We're reaching out to give the gospel. Then they come here and learn, learn the Bible. And that, that's what a minute, our ministry is, seeking to save that which was lost. Understand this, I want to talk about, we talk about the history and the need. Now let's talk about the reach. I want, you, I want you to hear this statement. I want you to understand this statement. The strength of the body determines the length of the reach. The strength of the body determines the length of the reach. You take a body that's wore out, that's dying, it's kind of hard to hold 50 pounds out, isn't it? I mean, you might be able to hold it here, <laughs> but you can't reach out. Listen to me, and when our church starts dying from the inside, 
and the body starts weakening, we have a hard time reaching out. By the way, by the way, in the area of missions, we're not going to talk about that tonight, but if we start dying here, how are we supposed to reach out there? I want you to hear what I said. We start dying here, how are we supposed to reach? By the way, this dies. Don't worry about missions. It's not happening when this dies. We can't support missionaries if this dies. We can't go out in the mission field and do what we're supposed to do if this falls apart. So the strength of the body determines the length of the reach. We want to reach the world for Christ? Well, then we need to strengthen the body. How do we strengthen the body? In the ministry here at our local church. Understand this. The Bible says, go over to Acts chapter chapter 1 and verse number 8. Very well-known verse. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Can, can, I, can I say this? Again, we're not going to get on it. But the strength in our missions program that Brother Cillier and Pastor have been talking about starts here at home. This is what I just said. The strength of our missions starts here at home. If we're not strong here, don't expect it to be strong out there. It's a missionary coming in saying, I'm going to go reach the world for Christ. But he doesn't go out soul winning every week. He's never won a soul to Christ. How do you expect to reach souls for Christ there when you're not reaching souls for Christ here? In the same way when it comes to our ministry, if we don't strengthen our ministries here, especially the area tonight talking about the bus ministry, if we don't strengthen our ministries here and do what God calls us to do here and reach our city here, how do we expect to reach the rest of the world? Right. Now, now, again, we're coming down to just reality. I'm trying to get you to think. I'm trying to get you to think about the importance of the ministries here, specifically the bus ministry. Look at the Bible says in, Rome, in Acts chapter 1, and verse number 8. But we shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in... Wait, one second. Sit back. Both. Look what it says there. Both. Not one nor the other, but both. In where? Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, now church, let's, let's look at this. Ready? He said you shall be witnesses both. Did it say the uttermost parts first or Jerusalem first? Did it say Judea or did it say the uttermost parts? Judea. Again, the strength of the body determines the length of the reach. It's backwards to just go, let's have a church and let's reach out there and then let's work our way in. No, 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 no. We start here and we work our way out. We strengthen here. We fill up every pew that my house may be filled. You want to see a missions program go on for God and, and do something great for God. You fill the house here. You strengthen the body here. You get the people fired up here. You get the ministry grown here. And the ministry out there will just continue on. Amen. But this dies. Don't expect that to go on for, for anything. The bus ministry is very vital to our church. The bus ministry is us reaching our Jerusalem and our Judea. That's what the bus ministry is. That's where our Sunday school ministry is. That's where our soul winning is. It's reaching our... By the way, how can we tell... I understand that. I was thinking about this today. We, 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 we look, about, look at missionaries, and we look at their works, and we look at this. And here's what we do. Everybody in here does the same thing. We look at their works and say, well, they're not out soul winning. Why are we supporting them? Well, they're not, doing, they're not reaching the next neighborhood and the next villages, and they're not out uh, reaching people doing Bible studies and doing this and doing that. So why should we support them? Let me ask you this. What are you doing? See, we'll look at them and tell them, well, why aren't you out souling? But Christian, Anchor Baptist Church, why aren't you out souling? Hello? Come on. Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, then the other most parts of the earth. See, the same way that we push a missionary on a foreign field is the same way we ought to be doing here. <laughs> it's not, oh, yeah, our church is in America. 
That's exactly our mentality is we'll support others to go do the gospel while we sit here and do nothing. Hello? While we sit here and go, well, you know, other it's bus ministries for other people. <laughs> well, soul winning, that's just for other people. You know, I come in and I just take up my pew and I just sit here. I just come in and I'm a part and every once in a while I give a holy amen. Every once in a while I kind of go whoop a little bit. Every once in a while I sing a little bit louder than I normally do. And that's my part in the ministry. That's not your part in the ministry. That's church. That's not my part in the ministry. See, again, we'll, we'll, we'll tell a missionary. I want you to think about that in your own personal life. We'll get on, we'll get on and talk bad about missionaries not doing their job. <laughs> when you haven't held a track in your hand for months, let alone pass it out. I want you to think about this. So when we talk about the bus ministry, what are we doing for our Jerusalem? Now, we can have all the desires and goals, and I'm for them, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the mission trips coming up and all the things that we're doing, but how do we expect to be successful there when we're not successful in our own Jerusalem? How do we expect to do great things for God out there when we won't do great things for God in our own Jerusalem? We won't get involved in our, I want to go on a mission trip, but you won't show up for Sunday school, let alone a bus ministry, let alone anything else. But you want to go on a missions trip. How do you expect to do something for God out there when you won't do something for God here? You see what I'm saying? So the need, the history of our, the bus ministry, the need of the bus ministry, listen to me, the reach of the bus ministry. The reach, the need for the, the strength. The bus ministry is more than just another ministry that we just came up with and decided to do. It is a vital part, listen to me, of our growth, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, of the growth of our local church, of our Jerusalem. This is the best way we can reach our Jerusalem. This is one of the best ways that we can bring people from our own Jerusalem to the house of God, that is the house may be filled so we can strengthen ourselves, so we can build here, so we can do more for God out there. You understand what I'm saying? The strength of the body determines the length of the reach. So what is the purpose of the bus ministry? I'm going to give you three things. What is the purpose of the bus ministry? Number one, to evangelize our city. Evangelize. Evangelize. Give them the gospel. Evangelize. Give the gospel. Reach our city. Give, give them Christ. Give them Christ and get them here for church. Give them Christ and get them here for church, for the reading of God's word, the learning of God's word. Our city, our Jerusalem. If we think that we've done great things for God, because we've had buses on just the west side of Columbus, you're mistaken. Hello, you're mistaken. Well, we're top-notch because we've had a bus routes in the hilltop for 33 years. I'm all for the bus routes in the hilltop, but Columbus is a lot bigger than just the hilltop. So understand, we take our vision and we look down at this one little thing and say, "Woo, we're doing great things for God. But look at the world. Try to look through God's eyes and what God sees. He's, he's, he's rejoicing, there's rejoicing ahead for that one soul. But understand, it's not just that one soul that needs Christ, it's the entire world, our Jerusalem, our city that needs Christ. I was drive, driving around uh, here and there, we've driven around, Brother Silly and I driving around and seeing apartment complex after apartment complex all around this Columbus area. And our minds going, I wonder if a bus has ever gotten there. I wonder if there's a church even, that I only know of two or three Baptist churches in the Columbus area. Guess what? Two or three Baptist churches is not going to reach Columbus. Evangelize our city, our Jerusalem. Much like every ministry in a local church, its sole purpose, the bus ministry, its sole purpose is to ultimately reach the lost for Christ. It is a ministry, not an activity. 
It's a ministry and not just a rally. It's a ministry and not just a transportation service. It's a ministry and not just a, a way to get out to the community. It's a ministry. It is our way of reaching people for Christ. It's a ministry. It's a ministry. If we're not careful, even those that are on a bus every week, it becomes more of just, yeah, we just we have transportation for people that want to come to church. But outside of that, we don't reach anybody. One of the easiest ways to reach into a home is the bus ministry. And we had conversations every week with different families, Brother George. Every week, we hear about their problems. We hear about their needs. We try to help them with their needs. They come to us for counseling. How do I deal with this, and how do I deal with that, and what do I do about this? They didn't have to come find us. We went to them. We knocked on their door. We got to help them just by being there, being available. It's one of the easiest ministries to use by a, lo to use by a local church to reach into the homes in your, in your Jerusalem, in your city. But we need more people to help reach into more homes. I already said this, but by the way, the same way and reasons we push our missionaries on a foreign field to reach those people is the same thing that we ought to be doing with our bus ministry. It is our way of reaching our Jerusalem like it's their way of reaching their Jerusalem on a foreign field. The bus ministry, the purpose of it is to evangelize and reach our city with the gospel. With the gospel. It'd be a sad day. It'd be a sad day. It'd be a sad day when years go by and people all around say, I've never heard of Anchor Baptist Church and ABC buses. I've never heard of it. It shocks me even today when I'm out soul winning and I say, you ever seen the ABC bus? And they go, no, I haven't. That shocks me because usually you say ABC bus, everybody's seen it. Whether it was good or bad, they've seen it. Okay, uh, but, but, but everybody knows ABC. But it's a sad day when it, when you, it comes down to it and you knock on a door and someone says, no, I've never seen that bus before. Now, I've never had anybody knock on my door. I've never, listen to me, in America it's happening more and more. I've never had someone tell me about Christ. It's becoming more and more for someone to say, I've never heard of the name Jesus in America. In America. A lot of that has to do with the churches dropping off things like the bus ministry and door-to-door -door soul winning. For our own country is dying, going to hell more and more every day because we want to be comfortable in the AC in church. Because we want to dress up nice and not ruin our clothes. You know what? I have a lot of white shirts, but none of them are white. They all have like a brown ring right around the top right here. You know where that's from? Bus ministry. Bus ministry. Now, I'm all for dressing up. And I'm all for looking your best. But at the expense of someone dying going to hell? Hello? At the expense of, well, you know, I just it's just not for me because I just don't like riding buses. Listen, I have been on some nasty buses. Listen to me, and they're not ours. I've been on some nasty buses, and guess what? Ours are Cadillacs <laughs> compared to the buses I've been on. When buses have seat covers and cushions under the seat covers, so when you hit a bump, the kid's not knocking himself out by hitting the railing, metal railing behind him. That's a good bus. When the windows go down, 
in the summertime and up in the wintertime. That's a good bus. There was a bus I drove every week in Florida. Every week, and none of the windows were down. I talked about 100 and something. There was sometimes, it was 100, 125 degrees. I told my grandfather, I said, I need to combine buses. Someone else, like, that bus is low. They need to give vehicles. I'll give them my vehicle. I don't care. I need a bus that windows go down. It's too hot. It's too hot. You get off the bus, and you're dripping sweat like you just ran a marathon. But listen, we have some night buses. See, we'll, but we'll come up with every excuse. Hey, hey, and then, and then, and then let, me, let me say, but then you'll say, I want to go on a mission trip to a third world country. But you won't get on a bus? Hello? Hello? I don't want to get on a bus, but man, I want to go ride in the back of a truck down Dusty Road in Honduras. What are we talking about? But you won't get on a bus. Now, I know I'm hitting home for some of you, and I'm stepping on some toes. I wear steel toe boots to church. <laughs> no. L- listen. The bus ministry works. The problem is no one's working the bus ministry. The bus ministry has brought more people to church and to the house of God and had more salvations than baptisms. By the way, if you look at our records, I, I dare say 90% of our baptisms and salvations come from the bus ministry. Not from people walking in. I can tell you, at least over the last six years, that's exactly what it's been. 90%. But we're easy to shut down the bus ministry because it's just not comfortable. You know, nasty kids come in and they carry things on them, multiple things. And they just don't smell that good. You know, and it's just, you know, they just, but they just want to sit next. You can always tell. I always like asking a, a worker to sit next to a certain kid. Especially when I know you just don't like the bus ministry. Can you just share your Bible? And by the time you sit down, you realize why I asked you to share your Bible. Listen to me. There's no other tool that's been used. And we can start, listen to me, and and it's been tried. It's been tried. And we can start every other ministry you can think of, but there's nothing like the bus ministry that'll work in a local church. And it's a ministry that has been proven, listen to me, 1887, <laughs> Dr. Heil said one time, said some people were whining about all the oil stains on their new parking lot. And he said, I wonder what D.L. Moody had on his parking lot. And some of you will get that here in a second. And the person replied, but Dr. Heil, do you understand that oil stinks? I wonder what D.L. Moody's parking lot smelled like. See, we'll find anything and everything to say, well, you know, I just don't want to go on the bus ministry because, excuse. I just don't really, it's not really my thing because, excuse. The purpose of the bus ministry is to evangelize and reach our city, our Jerusalem, our mission field. Hey, our mission field. Well, no, missions is for others. No, our mission field is right here. Jerusalem and all Judea is our mission field. It is our local church's mission field right here. This is our mission field everywhere you see it. This is what God's given us. The strength of the body determines the length and the reach. Number two, why the bus mission, what's the purpose of it? Number two is to glorify God. Is to glorify God. How do those nasty buses glorify God? 
Brother Pledger, how do those dirty buses, oil-leaking buses glorify God? How do those stinky kids and, 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 and the, the people we bring in that just not from a nice side of town or not, a good side, how do those glorify God? Brother Pledger, uh, but, but, but we, we give up, we, we, we work so much in the bus ministry that we can't have all the special music and all the extra frilly things of a church. We can't do all those things great because we're so busy in the bus ministry. But how does the bus ministry glorify God? By the way, I'm all for first class. I love first class. I like things to be done right. Pastor, I like things to be done right. No just winging it as we go. That's not the way to treat God's house. If there's any, uh, a preacher said this one time, if there's any business that ought to be done right, it ought to be God's business. If there's any business that ought to be done to perfection, it ought to be God's business. At the same time, at what expense do we bring priority on things that are not reaching souls? push off the things that reach people for Christ, the thing that God says, that's why I came. Seeking to save that which was lost. They come to have a great program, keep, keep seeking to save that which is lost. Well, we want to have a big, uh, Baptists are notorious for food. We love food. I love food. Pastor's been preaching on these things and fried chicken. <laughs> Amen. Love it. But, but we'll, have, we'll have 15 food, food promotions a year, and we'll cut out soul winning. We'll make a big program that has nothing to do with reaching souls for Christ, but then we, and, and listen, listen, church, you know, Memorial Day picnic, hour before everybody shows up, but church time comes, soul winning time comes, and we walk in 15 minutes late. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Someone's heart is in something, and they give their all to it. It is evident that their heart is there. But when your heart's not in it, it becomes second class. It becomes second nature. It becomes, ah, it's just not, eh, it's just, you know, if I can get there, I'll get there. If I get there on time, I'll get there on time. That's what the bus ministry is becoming. That's what soul winning is becoming. Hey, let's listen, in our own church. In our own church. If we don't fix it, the future of our church won't be there. Amen. Listen to me. You say, well, Brother Pledger, it's not as bad as you're saying. It only starts a little bit at a time. Hello? We just slow down a little bit at a time, and pretty soon we're going to be far away from what we ever thought we would Amen. become. The bus ministry, the purpose of it is to glorify God. So how do I glorify God? By our service for God. It brings glory to God. Your service for God brings glory to God. Number two, the attendance brings glory to God. That my house may be filled. Now, ultimately, listen, we're not about, I'm not saying we're about numbers. If we don't have high numbers and we had a bad day at church, no, no, no. People heard about Christ. The gospel was preached. People got saved. People got stirred for the gospel. The word of God was preached. And that's a good day in God's house. But how much more exciting it is when you walk into God's house and it's full. We want to see the spirit change. Let me use an example. Remember two, three years ago, Faith Harbor Week, when every night the crowd was about the same, lower than it has been in years. Remember not last year, but the year before, on a, on a, I think it was a Thursday night, might have been a Tuesday. This place was almost packed. Remember the spirit? People coming after us, that reminded me of Pastor Sunday. 
that reminded me of this. That reminded me of that. Because the spirit, the singing, the rejoicing. You know, ultimately, the bottom line, what made the difference? It was filled. And when you get God's people together, and many of God's people together, we start singing about God. The spirit bears with these other spirit. We start rejoicing and thanking God for what he's done. And we start, we're encouraged because of other people around us. We're encouraged because of the singing and what the song says. And we're encouraged because of the preaching of God's word. And it makes it an exciting time in God's house. We ought, we ought to take a bus ride sometime, peek into a church that has 10 to 15 show up on midweek service every week. Sunday, a high day is 11 or 12. You look at the spirit. You know what a change of spirit in that church? It's a house being filled. Right away. Now, a lot of other things can go into that. But one item would be the house being filled. Attendance brings glory to God. Brings glory to God. People start saying, people start saying around town, hey, that I was at that church the other day. Man, there wasn't a seat open. Pastors up screaming, yelling, people are shouting, amen, singing and, and rejoicing. And man, that was an exciting church to be in. Brings glory to God. Brings glory to God. So not only by our service, but by our attendance, not only by our service and our attendance, it brings glory to God. The purpose of the bus means brings glory to God because of our giving. He treasures their heart, we also. Gives it's another opportunity to give to the things that God loves, the people that God loves. Hey, it's another giving opportunity. This is that giving opportunity. An opportunity to share your heart a little bit more. To show your love a little bit more. And I understand, I said we've had different conversations. But we have people that will give to missions. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of missions won't give a dime to their own church. That makes sense. Hello? It doesn't make sense. I care less about the bus mystery, about Sunday school, about this or that, but I'll give money to miss. It doesn't make sense. How do we reach the world if we won't reach our own Jerusalem? Amen. How do we do something for God out there when we do something for God here? Amen. The importance of bus ministry, the purpose of the bus ministry, bring glory to God, not only in service and in attendance and giving, but in our compassion, it brings glory to God. That men may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I love telling people, they say, a bus ministry, what's that? Oh, you got to hear this. So every week we go out. We knock on doors on Saturday. We talk to many families. People don't even know. And we invite them to church, tell them about Christ. And on Sunday we pick them up. And last Sunday we had, we, uh, on three buses, we had 71 people ride three buses. And most people go, you had 71 people ride three buses? Come to church? I had people ask me, you're, you're, you're a youth pastor? What, what do you mean a youth pastor? I said, well, I work with our teenagers at our church. Uh, this last Sunday, we had about 30 teenagers in our Sunday school. Yo, you work with 30 teenagers at one time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it amazes me too. Uh, yeah. It brings glory to God. Wow, that church is doing something. You mean you have a bus mission that picks up people for free? we're so nice, we'll give them a free ride back too. Because <laughs> we don't want to say. Anyway, uh, listen, listen. But it brings glory to God. So, Brother Pledger, I want to bring glory to God. We'll get involved. Amen. Hello? 
Well, I want to bring glory to God. I want to help God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to, I want to recharge your list. Get involved. What can I get involved in? What more can I do, not what less I can do? Amen. More and more about Jesus, not less, less about Jesus. Number three, the purpose of the bus ministry, number one, was to evangelize our city, number two, to glorify God. Number three, the purpose of the bus ministry, this is huge, Christian, listen to this, listen to this, this is huge. The purpose, you know what I said there, the purpose of the bus ministry is for the growing of the Christian. The purpose of the bus ministry, number three, is the growing of the Christian. There is no better way for a new Christian to get involved and grow spiritually themselves than just jump on a bus. Amen. Say, so Brother Pledman, what can a bus ministry teach me? Well, I wrote down some things that's taught me. Things a bus ministry can teach you, how to witness, how to communicate how to work with families, how to help their needs and find out their needs, how to be patient and how to be long-suffering, how to control yourself first, and also how to control crowds, how to be joyful, how to study, how to memorize verses, how to work with kids, how to work as a team, how to give, how to be selfless, how to be creative, how to love people, how to be understanding. Wow. How to be understanding. See, you're not involved in the bus ministry. They come in here, and you're all up in arms constantly about it. You know why? You've never worked a day in the bus ministry. Now, now bus ministry for me is very dear, dear to my heart, very dear to my heart. It's something that I love, and I'll defend to the day I die. someone comes to me and they, they say something about a bus kid, I, look, at his, look at the way they're dressed. That person stinks. I just want to look at them and go, you stink spiritually. You're reeking right now and you don't even know it. But I control myself. I say it on the inside. Inside I'm standing up like this, you know. <laughs> on the outside I'm, mm -hmm. I understand. And uh, understanding. Things that teach you to get everyone involved, to get everyone heading in the same direction, to speak in front of people, to speak to complete strangers. The bus ministry can teach you a lot. And for the new Christian, for the new Christian, you want to grow spiritually? Get involved in the bus ministry. I promise you'll grow spiritually. You'll learn how to bite your tongue or get bit. Bye, kid. Uh, you'll, you'll, learn, you'll learn how to control yourself. You'll learn, you know, just to, to, to people that are outside of a church, especially outside of a Baptist church, Baptist church realm, when you tell someone that you go out soul winning, they say, what's soul winning? You say, well, we go knock on doors and we tell people about Christ. In their minds, they go, you go, you go talk to complete strangers? They go, yeah, all the time. And they wonder why Christians coming out of a Baptist church like ours are so jovial and will talk to anybody. And they go, why'd you talk to him? I talk to people all the time. Second nature, our kids, our kids, it's, 
you know, you teach them stranger danger, and then they are involved in the bus ministry, <laughs> you know. And you teach them, you know, don't walk up to strangers. But then on Sunday, they talk to everybody, anybody. They walk through the store, and they're, hi, how are you doing? My name is Ethan, and this is this, that, that, and I just got this. And, you know, I sang in church this last weekend, and they're just talking, and you're in your mind, you're going, kid, who are you talking to? Why are you talking? But it teaches you just to talk to anybody. Hey, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, our society, our society needs people like that more than it needs the other. We get on a cell phone so much or we don't even know how to talk in a mirror to ourselves, let alone somebody else. I think everybody here would agree we need nicer people in our society and in our city than we need rude people. You know why they're rude? Because they have no idea how to talk to people. Have no idea how to carry on a conversation, how to meet somebody new. Someone looks at you wrong, and in your mind, why are they looking at me? Why not? Look at them back. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Seriously. We walk, walk through a store, and someone stares at us for a second, and in your mind, you're going, you're going, oh, boy, I better just, like, whoop them bad right now. Why? Why not just carry on a conversation? That, hey, if they look at you, it's the best time to tell them about Christ because they won't look at you anymore. <laughs> It's like that out here on our sidewalk. Pastor said they used to walk down the street and they would get to our property. They'd cut across the street and walk. Now we got them surrounded. We got us on both sides of the street. And, uh, but but they cut across the street just so no one talks to them. I'm not saying that's the greatest thing in the world, but when you're out in public, the least you could do is talk to someone about Christ. I just said at the gas station pump, pumping gas. Person out there, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to run off. Their car's right there, pumping gas right in the middle of it. It's the best time to say, hey, I got a track for you. I mean, you're not doing anything. You're just sitting waiting for gas to be pumped, right? Give them a track. Invite them to church. Here's what you do. You get out, put your nozzle in, 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 in the car, start pumping gas. You get in the car, lock all the doors, put the shades down, get your gun out, and you're going, everybody's out to get me. We don't need, listen, listen, listen. listen. If that's you, get involved in the bus ministry and you'll be fine. You know the best way to get outside yourself? To open up, get involved in the bus ministry. So I'm just a recluse. I just don't really like talking to people. Get involved in the bus ministry. You'll love talking to people. If you don't like talking to people, you will talk because you'll get very aggravated. <laughs> okay? Listen, the bus ministry. The bus ministry. If we're not careful, say, Brother Pledger, why is pastor pushing? Why are we pushing so much to get another bus? Because we want to grow. We don't want to die. Hey, listen, if you're not going forward, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. Say, but we sustain. No, 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 you're dying. You're, you're right there ready to die because you're not growing. So when it comes to our bus ministry, listen, we've got to start growing. Well, Brother Pleasure, we have three buses. What else do we want? We have a city to reach. What else do we want? Well, we have three buses, that's enough, you know, let's, let's do more, more of this or more of that or more of this. No, no, three buses is only reaching these couple streets. It's reaching, reaching a 1% of the city of Columbus. Some of you have lived in this area a long time. Sometimes, some of you have lived on the hilltop. You've lived in these areas. You know what goes on. 
talking with, he's not there. We were talking with uh, the principal and the whatever, the community people in Wedgwood. And uh, that, at Ethan Elementary. And we were at, they, were, they were talking about some things we were trying to raise money for and things like that. And, and so we're sitting there and we're waiting to kind of have our turn. But we're listening to all their conversation, you know, what was going on. They're talking about different things. And we were out passing out flyers there last Thursday with the teenagers just passing out flyers through Wedgwood. And a couple of our teenage girls made a comment about some things that they had seen as we were walking around passing out flyers, just out door to door going around, passing out flyers. And I made the comment to them. I said, it sounds bad, doesn't it? It's a terrible place, doesn't it? But understand these girls that live here deal with this every day. They deal with this every day. Every day. We want to stop running buses. I tell you this, our Jerusalem's not going to get better by stopping running buses. It's not going to get better by stopping going out soul winning. Well, Brother Pledger, it's just, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money. It's not going to get better. And we're worried about, we're worried about our property, right? Being broke into and, you know, messed up and this and that. Well, we stop our buses and stop soul winning, guess what? It's going to get worse. We need to change our society. We need to go out soul winning is what we need to do. We need to change our, our, our government needs to change and our country is getting bad. We need more bus ministries what we need. We need another bus on the road to get more people in church, to get more Christ in the homes. We don't need less. The importance of the bus ministry. I encourage you, some of you tonight need to get involved in the bus ministry. Say, well, Brother Pledger, I, I, I don't, no excuses. Just get involved. Well, you don't want to know. Just get involved. I know, I know. God bless them. I know, I know men and ladies to this day that are working in the bus ministry and they're way up in their 70s. You know the difference between them and you? Is they have a heart for it. It is dear to their heart. They'll live and die like a like a uh, uh, James Tincher. Will live and die reaching those little kids. The strength of the body determines the length of the reach. If we don't, in our ministries, bring everything back home and say, "What can we do to strengthen this?" We've got to strengthen this. We've got to improve this. No, I'm not talking about all the fancy stuff. That stuff will come, and that stuff happens as it goes, as things happen. I'm talking about the ministry. I'm talking about souls being saved. I'm talking about people being reached. We can have all the fancy things that we want, all the nice things we want, but we don't reach people, and that does nothing for Christ. We're not going to heaven get rewards because we had nice chairs in the auditorium. You ain't getting rewards for nice chairs. We're not getting rewards because we wore a nice suit to church and had a perfect white shirt. There's no rewards in heaven for that. No crowns going to be cast on your feet for a nice shirt and the way you dressed and how shiny your shoes were. But what you will get rewards in heaven for is every soul that you won to Christ. And every time you got on that bus and spent time and every drop of sweat that you spent to reach a young person to get into church, that's what you'll get rewards in heaven for.
don't know about you, but I want to be laying up treasures in heaven. I want to be laying up treasures in heaven. I can't be so distracted by the things of this world, so distracted by the things of life that I give up. I'm not saying those things are bad, but that I give up. They become priority, and it becomes a minority in my life. But I do more for Christ. What God desires is seeking to save that which is lost. And my house may be filled. Listen to me, Christian. Every desire, every Christian in here, every Anchor Baptist church member in here, their desire ought to be that my house may be filled. If every person in here went out and got one person to sit in that pew next to you, what would happen? Every Sunday, people are walking down this aisle, getting saved and getting baptized. Watch the spirit of this church change. Because you, you, say, you say, Brother Clay, I don't think it's really that important. Well, then, then let's go back to the Sundays where people did walk the aisle, people did get baptized, people did join the church, and you tell me about the spirit in that Sunday. And how good you felt to be in the house of God compared to the Sunday where it's kind of we show up, show out, and go home. Well, at least I got a new tie. And my suit looked nice. And my dress was perfect. The soul's lost and died and went to hell. So we can look good in the house of God. So we can be comfortable. Well, your comfortableness, listen to this, is sending people to hell. Trust me, Stuart. out there which I desire greatly like pastor to be able to reach the world for Christ do those things we've been preaching and pastor may be preaching and talking about in missions but if we're going to do that we've got to strengthen this we got to take care of Jerusalem first we can't reach the uttermost if Jerusalem falls apart bus ministry the importance of it the purpose of it let's pray Heavenly Father you got it